So I I was just walking around at the middle of the night, and there was this trash bag with the stream light just lighting above it, and it was extremely beautiful. I cannot speak about it. So I captured and I painted it. That is how I live. That is how I survive every day. That is how I get to choose life every day. To see and capture and put out that beauty to the world. That is my art. Hello and welcome to the Searcher Studio Podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking with Anna Mare, a South Korean painter and artist. Our conversation includes her love of nature, her process in overcoming mental health struggles, her philosophy on art, and much more. You can find Anamari on Twitter at A underscore N-I underscore M-A underscore R-E or on Instagram at Anamari Pictures. That's A-N-I-M-A-R-E Pictures or on her website, AnamariPictures.com. Head over to the show notes for links from the show to connect with Anamari through her social links and to view her work. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hey, Anamari, how are you? Hi, Michael. I'm doing amazing. Today, to be honest, I just woke up from my bed and drinking my coffee. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. I love that we're in uh, we're in completely different time zones. So like it's 8 p.m. for me. And what oh. time is it there for you? About 10 a.m.? Yeah, it is 10 a.m. Yeah, so we're, we're <laughs> kind of like our energies are moving in different directions. It's it's such an interesting concept to me, the, the, the idea of um, different time zones and you're you're it's already Wednesday or uh, Thursday sorry it's Friday for you geez yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am balancing the time zone I'm yeah. in the future now yeah um yeah that's it's what a weird <laughs> concept it's so funny um are yeah. you in I know you're in South Korea are you in Seoul no, I was living in Seoul for like five years. Is that where you're from or are you from uh, another part in Korea? Oh, actually, I was raised around really countryside of Korea when I was a little girl. So my parents have this job. They have to go rotate from town to town of countryside. So I like... I think myself as some kind of really nature-friendly person. I brag about it to my friends. And it really actually affected hugely on my art and as a person, you know, as who I am. Because uh, from my childhood, I was looking at the stars and the rivers and the oceans and everything was so beautiful. When I look back, I really didn't have steady friend. I don't know what to call, but you know, a friend 
that I just connect with all the time from my childhood because I always was move around before I go to the middle school. So only thing really was there for me was the nature and like, you know, those grasses from the ground and those wild flowers. Now that I think about it, I never thought about it that way. But so thank you for bringing that up, bringing that up. I I love that idea. You know, it's kind of um, it's kind of a like a a little character in a movie that we see from time to time of this this young girl playing out in the fields, kind of off on her own, mm. not really having um, like a core group of friends to spend time with, and then you know being uprooted and spending other time. Do you resonate with that idea? Yeah, I. I totally do that. I totally do. Is that a movie? It's not a ne- necessarily a movie, but it's kind of like a like a archetype almost, you know, mm. like a character. I see that character, you know, often in like flashbacks of movies of like this character kind of wandering around in the field, you know, like some, oh, some yeah. little girl like picking flowers out on her own or looking up at the stars dreaming. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of like brings it like washes over me in like that kind of way, like this 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 lone character who's out kind of dreaming about the world and traveling around in her own own little place in her mm. own little way. That is so beautiful. But now that I think about it, a bee stung me when I was a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm doing my own business, like I was playing something it is called Sokumnori in Korea that I just playing like pretending I'm making some dinner and I felt something tickling my neck. So I'm like, what is that? I'm like <laughs> I slept my neck and actually I sl- slept the bee, so yeah, nature's wild, you know. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> Just when you connect with it, it just reminds you that it's <laughs> it's the one in charge. Yes. Oh, it's such a such a great conversation for me to just bring back all those memories. I never just looked back and viewed it like that in that way, but you just brought back my memories. I love thinking back about when we're young children. You know, we often are just so, we're so like, uh, like kind of thinking about everything that's going on in our world now and like the decisions we have to make. And Mm. I think back when I was a little boy and running around in my backyard and climbing trees, I was thinking about climbing trees the other day. I used to love to climb trees and I would climb them so high, like 80 80 feet high. I would go so high, like. (gasps) At the top of the tree, you know, this big evergreen tree, and I'd climb almost all the way to the top to where I could see out over the uh, on top of the other trees. And wow. I was so wild and, you know, wow. dirty and building forts and crawling around. Yeah, it's really, it, you know, and I, it's, there's like a nostalgia to that. You, you kind of also long for like those, that wildness, those days. But, it's interesting to think about it in a way of like, how has that impacted me? You know, 
I'm somebody that loves spending time outside in nature and I love going on hikes and long walks and just looking at trees and stuff like that. And I think maybe that influenced me and, uh, you know, it's nice to kind of think back on those, those memories and the foundation of my, my nature Mm. experience and, you know, what I love about the world. That is actually really, really inspiring. I mean, I, the, the image of you climbing eight feet tall trees, like, it is amazing. And I totally agree with that because um, sometimes we just wrapped up in problems of outside world, but actually the answers are mostly likely to inside of ourselves we need to go back we need to reflect on ourselves and not just listening to outside voices we should listen to what you love and what you want to do because especially as a creator that is where everything comes from you know you should feel love not feel fear or anxiety or anything that is amazing story I, I really agree with that. I think we, you know, we we are so constantly concentrated on trying to fix something that's outside of our grasp and rarely are we looking within ourselves. We're rarely mm-hmm. looking at, you know, things that we can reflect on that are happening within us or that have happened within our past. You know, it can change the way that we look at the world. And um, we're so free when we're young. And Mm. that freedom is like a creative playground. And it's, there's a lot of answers in there. And I think over time, we just lose that because the world just continues to get so much bigger to us. And, you know, other things start coming in, other layers and other problems and whatever it is, we get distracted from the connection that we have with our nature, ourselves, whatever it is. That is so true. I, I, this is, this is kind of funny way to see it, but I heard this from a grandma. Actually, she's a YouTuber and she said, there is a saying in Korea that before the newborn baby touches her feet with the ground and the dirt got onto her feet. Before that, the baby knows everything about the world, you know, like because the baby is so connected with the universe and everything. Baby knows every single little wisdom and the way how the world works. And then as soon as the baby touches the ground with her feet or his feet it goes away and we just be a human being and get to learn and get to kind of fight with the world to get you know survive to get to survive but it is amazing when you think about how love can beat the fear when it comes to the world because I think 
I was really struggled a lot from the mindset and the whole default setting of I should survive. It was not my decision, but I had like, when I had anxiety, it was kind of killing me because I was judging every move that I'm making. And that was so toxic. So I should really connect with myself to survive. It is it is totally different view when you think about it because I thought I have to fear things to survive before I get really anxious and depressed and everything. But when once I really got those kind of things from repressing myself, I knew that if I, not just to survive, I have to live the life from the place that I feel loved and that I, the place that I feel free. Because the word you use, freedom, just really resonate with me. At the end of the day, we are here to just be ourselves and be freely, fearlessly enjoy and express as who we are. And sometimes we just forget it because it is easy to forget. There are a lot of lot of things are going on in the world. How did you? Maybe you don't have a specific, um, you know, occurrence. But how did you come to that realization? As I said, I needed to survive. I never. So I was at this person that's so strict to themselves, and. I was endlessly generous to other people always, but to myself, I thought, okay, I need to feel safe and to be safe, I should be perfect. So to be perfect, there are a lot, a lot of things to do and those were not healthy because nobody's perfect. We are not robots, you know, we're just human beings, but I thought... Some experience from childhood made me think I should be a really perfect person. So I tried to fix the things that I am feeling. I never allowed myself to make mistakes or just be freely who I am, to be honest, before. And that kind of mindset gave me a lot of things mentally. And I suffered from, actually, this is my first time speaking about this on any kind of record is space, but I suffered from eating disorder for a long, long time. And when it made me rethink about everything, I realized, okay, something's wrong. If I just keep ignore the fact that I'm doing something wrong to myself if I don't just recognize that fact I'm gonna sorry for the word but I'm gonna die because it is severe disease and I had it over 10 years it was not always intense but ups and downs and when I when the down hits me for real I needed to look back on myself because I also had depression and anxiety for a long time. I still have 
those symptoms. I think many of us do, and it is really healthy for me to just speak about it because when I hear people saying that they have mental health issues, I know that it is okay to have one. It is just a disease, like just like cough or anything else. So when I I just have to look back on myself and take care of myself and free myself, love myself to survive. Because unless I could not survive from all these illnesses. And that is why I think what I suffered and recovered from are blessings because they are a reminder for me to take care of myself and love myself. In order to survive, I have done those things. I have to turn the corner and study about myself. I get to learn about mental health and just I learned how to love myself from the start. I went back to start and I just put every my effort and every mind into that thing. I should I really have this term of focusing on who I am and I should love myself, taking care of myself and everything. Yes, so to surely answer, I need to live life. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think um, from what I've heard from other people that have kind of made a similar change in their life, it usually starts with self-awareness, which I think is what you're talking about, and recognizing something is not right. Mm. And then turning inward and, and looking and seeing at what it is about yourself that that you need to change in order to survive, in order to exist in the world. Because I, I think anxiety and depression are a part of life. I think we all suffer from it in, in some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, others, obviously, more than some more than others. Um but I'd like to know kind of a little bit more about how you went about, um, you know, moving from the self-awareness into learning to love yourself. What mm. do you do to, to, you know, explore this idea and, and what do you, like, what ways do you practice this? I'm imagining it's a, it's a self-education and it's a constant process. So, what do you do to learn? Like, how do you learn to love yourself? Uh, that is, this is an amazing question because uh, I, when I was a little girl, I thought I learned life. I learned how to exist through the stories and, you know, like animated movies, fairy tales and Disney's and everything. And as I grew up, I actually made a (laughs) picture book for myself that it is my brain, it is my way of comprehending stuff. 
comprehending the world and myself. So this can be an example that. So we all have this inner child of ourselves, right? So when I first um studied about mental health and everything, I came across this concept of inner child thing and. Before that, I was viewing myself like, why am I not being an adult? Why am I not being a person that just being okay with little things? Those are not little, but I thought those are from my past. You should go past and you should be like, okay by now. But you know what? That never goes away. And this is... um saying that my professor from my college said to me he's a psychologist and he said if you are a little child it is like a stone is pressing you from above if like a if the stone is pressing a little frog from above that is severe thing if the stone is uh pressing you from above when if you're a dog it's okay but if you're a frog you know so when you're a little child and go through stuff it is like uh, you being a frog and the stone is there so I looked back into myself and I realized everything that I suffered from was defense mechanism so that little child inside of me thought it is a perfect way to love and just protect protect myself when i realized that when i realized the eating disorder and anxiety and everything was a setup that little child trying to protect myself I've, I cried, I, I just cried and I was able to just accept the aspect and accept the fact that that little child is myself and I should take care of her because no one can do that. No one can ever accept me for who I am as the way I do it. So, and I was finally able to tell that little child. I just hugged that little child and said, I understand what you're saying. I understand why you feel fear and obligation and everything that you try to protect myself. And I was finally able to say, thank you for that. Thank you for trying to saving me. But I am grown up. And I am here for you. You don't have to cling on to methods that you thought it was perfect because now they are killing me. (laughs) But I understand you and I'm going to be here for you. And I will love you as who you are. I'm going to wait until you get okay. So I even made a picture of that and meditation and just you know reading books and telling myself every day that i can do anything and it is okay 
if you don't be anything, you are okay as who you are. And it is okay to make mistakes and feel depressed and anxiety. Everything is okay. And I will be there for you no matter what. Because I was never there for myself fully when I am going through hard times before. Because I thought I should punish myself in a way. But when I realized everything that I said before just now, I real I, I was able to tell myself, no matter what happens, I'll be there for you. And that was huge thing, that practical way of me being okay with myself and just get to love myself. That awareness and just practicing it actually saved my life. <laughs> you come out of this experience where you now are able to, um, you're aware and you're able to kind of give yourself some love that's mm -hmm. much needed. But at the same time, you are also stripping away things that you have been holding on to that have kind of supported who you are as an adult. You know, maybe, maybe things that are not necessarily healthy, but they are a part of your life. So when you start to remove those things, did you experience, was it more of a freedom or was it? more of a loss and also needing to kind of rediscover who you were? That is so interesting question because actually I never felt loss from recovering from the eating disorder because all I felt was being full of love and being full of who I am and there are so many things are happening when you get to just remove that fear and get to know you there's no room for fearing and feeling anxious I never felt lost about it but I think there's some kind of momentum when it comes to depression and anxiety and um I never felt I am other thing than before, but I think there is a momentum of feeling when you suffer from trauma or traumatic experience, you there's a term called reputation, I think, that you just want to repeat what you experienced before in some kind of ways and I also suffer from that like a after effect side effect or something and I the way of getting out of that feeling it is it is is it okay is it okay to be this happy? Like, you know, something like, is it okay that I'm feeling this perfect? Is there anything on the corner that coming out for me? Should I be feeling other thing than okay right now? I am super okay. Something like that. 
I saw that in so many people, not so much of myself, to be honest, but that is a constant battle. Like you're missing something, not just about, you know, the poet said, don't take my angel, don't take my devils away because my angels may flee too, that word. I think the loss is something like that, but what the way I'm dealing with is I embraced that part of myself. So it is there and it will be there for the rest of my life. But now I never freak out when I'm feeling depressed. So the way I'm dealing with is I explore that. And I put those things into my art, to be honest. And in that way, I am not looking away from what I was and what I have, you know, those dark parts of myself. So I don't feel I lost some part of myself, but I also get to not be eaten by them. It is really interesting question because I think so many people sometimes unconsciously think they don't deserve this kind of happiness or I should not be this much okay or some kind of guilt and everything. But at the end of the day, they are here. They will be here. Like you said, depression and anxiety is a part of life. So I don't feel lost, but I get to learn about them, about myself more and more. Every day is constant journey. I'm not going to say battle, but it is a journey. So yeah, that is really interesting question. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) You have a lot of wisdom. I'm not going to lie. Like, there's a lot of wisdom in what you're saying. Um, and I think it, I think a lot of people could take take something from this. I'd, I'd like to know now that you've come out of this, at least the, the primary, the big piece of this aspect of your mental health. Now, how do you approach when you deal with the ups and downs of depression or anxiety that you still feel? Well, there are ways that you deal with all those things, but the first step is, this can sound typical, but it is never typical, is love yourself. Love yourself unconditionally, no matter what. I let go of my hand myself and when I feel like attacked from outside world like not physically but conceptually but when to be honest I am really glad that I get to do this uh, podcast with you because I my anxiety think okay you're gonna record your voice that's Maybe not a good idea. My anxiety says that to me. (laughs) I know 
this sounds crazy, but those feeling fears are so real before. So I, the first approach is to love yourself unconditionally, and not judging yourself for being what you're going through, and just be kind to yourself. So these days. When I feel so, I was feeling kind of depressed last last two days, to be honest. And this is what I have actually done for today's first. I just take a break from all the, you know, digital world like SNSs and everything. And I stopped trying to solve problems from outside. I knew I felt. Down and it is not gonna be solved by trying to figure it out on the outside methods. Like I should do this, I should do that. No, you. There's nothing you should do. This is your time for you to just be yourself. So stop trying to figure out things based on fears. So I took myself back to home, and I just. Took a good rest. I took a bath. I drank coffee. I was just, you know, brushing my hair. Like, girl, you look good. I'm like looking at the mirror. Like, you look good. It is okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I wrap up that feeling of depression or any kind of insecurity. I wrap the feeling, wrap up that feeling, and take it into the bath with me and like patting, like. It is okay, okay, okay. So talk to me. What what did you feel? And the little anxiety talked to me like, okay, so I was feeling like down and this and that and that person and this that and I'm like, okay, okay, I see you. It is okay. And then once you get to see, I actually physically say I see you to that feeling because that really helps me. I say I see you. And that feeling was like la la la, and oh, you see me, and I'm like, yes, I see you. And the feeling is like, thank you. And we take a good nap together, and we wake up. It is way more okay. So this is a this is a mindset and really actually practical way too, because my doctor gave me this advice. Sometimes something like a glitch. Happens even when you know that you're having some kind of, you know, like panic attack or depression symptoms and everything. You know that you're having it, but you cannot control it, and it is okay. It is like a glitch to the computer. Sometimes you just have to just press the button, that end button, and just pew. And you just go to sleep, and you wake up. It is okay. So there are ways that you get to have the mindset, and then the practical ways both. Those are really interactive. So yeah, it is constant thing, constant journey. But at the end of the day, the most important part is to love yourself and get to learn about yourself. That never ends, and it is a great journey, I think, because I get to know myself a little more and more. And when I see those 
imperfections of myself that I thought I could not never allow myself to be. But now when I see those aspects of myself, like, you know, I'm not a saint. I'm not a rabbi. I'm not a, you know, AI or something. <laughs> I have so much imperfections and those are making me perfect in ironical way so get to learn about everything and yeah that, that i see you method really works i really want to recommend that to everyone yeah it goes along with the same theme of to to have those feelings and to recognize them without necessarily uh identifying or let letting them imprison you mm -hmm. I, I'm interested to know about how you integrate this into your work. I was, I was looking over some of your work, okay, before we jumped on this call. Mm -hmm. And I, I just run through individual pieces. And so here are some of the words that I associated with your work, which is nostalgia, um, mm -hmm. cinema, and I know there's a huge cinematic element to the work that you do, and I want to. We have to talk about movies and this cinematic element. Um, but some other words were love, longing, loneliness, stillness, relationships. So, how do you go about integrating your? feelings of what's going on within you into your work i was waiting for this question <laughs> because as i said uh like for me painting and creating is my living mechanism sometimes it is survival mechanism for me because not able to create what i want to create is like holding a breath not to go out and i think the most amazing part about art is just by expressing expressing you get to be happy, even when that expression is about sadness or loneliness or, you know, like miserable feelings. When you get to express that, it means that you are able to look at it and you are able to take time with that feeling. And just by doing that, it is okay. It suddenly feels so okay. And every especially when images are just merged with the stories it has amazing power amazing power that probably can save change your life for me it is so when you talked about all those words they are so true and when i i said it before that 
looking at the life as it is and accept that not everything is always so rosy and rainbow-like all the time. Accepting that fact took me a bravery. And just like in that note, it took me a lot of courage to watch movies. Because I didn't want to feel sad. I didn't want to feel things that much. <laughs> it is really kind of ironical, but when I was not able to look into myself and look into the aspects of life, I was not able to watch movies. It's about one year that I started to watch movies again, to be honest. And that really helped me because in the movies, in the films, every scenes are beautiful. Even when it is about sad parts, even when it is about your partner dying and you feel sad, but it is somewhat beautiful in the movies because it is expressed. It is just shining the light to that scene and bringing that, that moment, daily moment to the life. And we get to feel that through it. And just by feeling it through some kind of image and stories, it is, it's called catharsis, I think. It is just relieving. And that is why I am trying to do that for myself, from my daily life. Uh, there are certain moments that I feel sad or passionate or happy but mostly stillness of life and when i just bring that capture that moment and bring it to life with creating it it just makes me so free and so brave so that is why i am doing two type of series is that one series is about long storylines and long like easter eggs and everything so that is my way of saying talking to myself that what you have experienced is okay and i'm gonna make a story of it in a way not directly but and it will be cinematic which means it will be beautiful and I am strong when I think things are beautiful. And the other part of the series is, the other series is about those little moments that doesn't have any kind of long storylines, but those little moments in life that I feel this is what I want to capture. Like this loneliness I want to capture the beauty of it because it is okay to feel it. Everything, I think every emotions that we have is a spectrumed love. I don't know if this makes sense, but every emotions that we have is a spectrum of love. So 
that is like a rainbow. So that is why there is no good emotions and bad emotions, and that is why I feel beauties from all those moments that I capture and put it into my artwork, and that is why I am creating. If something's not beautiful, I'm not. I probably won't paint. And when the word beauty really speaks to me, there are some beauties from trash cans on the street. So I I was just walking around at the middle of the night, and there was this trash bag with the streamlight. Just lighting above it, and it was extremely beautiful. I cannot speak about it, so I captured and I painted it. That is how I live. That is how I survive every day. That is how I get to choose life every day to see and capture and put out that beauty to the world. That is my art. When I first saw you in the space, I, I mean, I think I commented it to you. I don't remember, but I instantly thought of cinema. I instantly thought of films. And when you say images and stories have power, that is exactly like that sums it up right there. I don't remember who said this quote. Uh, but it was in reference to um, Wes Anderson, the director, and it was he finds like in in his work he finds perfection in imperfection, and I think there's something really beautiful about that. You know, there's something beautiful about to be able to see all things in the world as something beautiful. It's really. In my mind, you know, when it comes to defining what art is and what an artist is, uh, I know everybody has a different definition. That's my definition of what an artist is. It's actually a a mindset and not a skill set. That's how I view what an artist is. It's somebody who's able to look at the world and see beauty within uh, what others would perceive as ugly. That is so accurate, and so true, and so beautiful. And yes, it is what makes a person an artist. That that mindset, that attitude towards things. And I think artwork is for me too way of comprehending everything. Just and yes, imperfections are making it. What's making it perfect? That is. One of the most wise sentences that I have ever heard in my life, and I always, when I really feel that imperfections are part of life and that is beautiful and is it is perfect as it is, I get some chills and like I get to really appreciate everything going on in this world with myself and with everyone else because. When you when we have the power of saying that being imperfect is perfect, 
it gives us amazing powers. It just it is so freeing concept and actually I'm getting chills right now. Oh my god. I wanna show you my arm. It is oh I really love it. So I wanna talk a little bit about your um the influence that films have on your work obviously um they play a pretty big role i think but i want to know you know what movies are some of your more influential movies and like what it, what do movies mean to you and how you go about creating your work um so uh when it comes to the movies, I think, like we talked about it before, that when images and stories are merged together, they have this power, and it is life-saving sometimes. So recently, I there is this movie that I loved from... For about 10 years but I was not able to watch it over again for 10 years but it was my favorite movie it is called Velvet Goldmine and like when I was a, I was about 19 or 18 years I wanted to be a rock star it is random but I really wanted to be a rock star <laughs> And when I watched that movie, I never ever even sing in public or played some kind of instruments. But I thought, yes, I'm going to be 20. I'm going to go to college and I'm going to be a rock star. That was what I, what I thought. I'm going to go to university and be a rock star. And when I watched that movie and listening to Oasis and everything, I'm like, my heart was bursting because it is about all those moments that you know when you feel the infinite absolution from a train of light like I know it's gonna pass away and I know it's gonna just go away in a second but it is so absolute and so infinite in that moment and when you capture that into some kind of art like in the movie or in a song or in something it just lives its life on its own and it never really goes away so velvet gold mine was for me is about that and just last year, I watched that movie again, and the funny thing was that I could not watch it because I feel too much emotions when I'm watching it, but when I rewatched it, I didn't feel that crazy emotions anymore. It is not. It was not sad for me, but it was really strange feeling, and when I watched that movie again, I was able to just go on with it. And 
from from that moment I started to rewatch every movie that I ever loved and one of them was Another Earth it is called the Another Earth and it's a story about it is SF movie but it is not SFE it's really human documentary drama kind of vibe and every time when I feel like something like a parallel universe is 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 existing and whenever I feel like I am missing out or I am going into that parallel universe in my life it's really hard to explain but when I, whenever I feel that I watch that movie and everything just makes so much sense just by exploring that thought and the concept so those are the movies that I really really just love and I also loved the dreamers from my childhood and ground blue that movie is about emptiness of life like some kind of meaningless of life almost but Ironically, those movies made me so full and made me so passionate about life in some way. I don't know what it is. Just by seeing at the deep, dark beauty of that emptiness after death, the emptiness of life made me just prospect on the beauty of life. It's really hard to explain, but it is true. And just like that, I love the painting from Edward Hopper. The painting is called Light in an Empty Room. And just that emptiness and the absolutely fullness of the lights, they are inspiring me, inspiring me like crazy. And all those movies like Titanic and all those Disney movies that I love, everything just make me, allowing me to explore things and inspire me to make a story of my own. Like, yeah, there are many movies, but I'm thinking of these now. I hope this answered answered. It does. You know, I think it I think your work is right in line with these these ideas. You're taking uh, just a moment within a life that would otherwise seem empty, meaningless, imperfect and you're giving it a sense of purpose and meaning and perfection. It's it's quite impressive to be honest that you have made that that deep connection from what inspires you to your own work i think there are certain relationship between what you think and what you say and today with talking with you and 
Let's look back on what I... I was trying to figure out why I create for about last three days. And this answered everything. You summed up everything I said. And actually, it is, it is about life. It is about the perfect imperfection and perfect, the fullest emptiness of life. Like, when I was a kid, <laughs> I cried over the fact that I am gonna die. I discovered that I'm gonna die about six years, six years old. And when I first learned that concept, I could not stand it. I just could not stand that I'm gonna disappear and everyone's gonna die and I cannot exist in this world anymore. I just never can accept that fact. So I cried like a little baby. Well, I was a little baby. I cried a lot like every night talking with my parents. I'm like, I don't wanna die, mommy. She's like, it is okay. It is okay. We all gonna die, and that never helped me. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> that made it worse. Yeah. So I'm like crying, and I don't wanna die. And actually, when those days were elongate, elongate itself, my mother gave me a book about afterlife. It was SF novel, and I was in like. Eight years old or something and she gave me the book and maybe this could help and I know that is made up you know like made up by the writer but it really helped me I was not fearing the death anymore and maybe that was when I get to realize that power of stories I think now that I think about it and there was this time, from that time, I was searching for the meaning of life for a long, long time. From age like 17 to 21, I really deep searched for the meaning of life. Like, why do we live? Where do we go? And where are we from? Because everyone gets to think about it, but I was really, really searching for that at that young age because my life was about to start and I need some kind of standard because that was who I am before every self-awareness happened so I asked my mom because she's the wisest per most wise person that I have ever seen in my life for me so I asked my mom mother why do we live why do we live life and she said, we just do, like, I'm like, we just live, like, there's no purpose or a reason or, like, background around it, like, we just live, and my mom said, yes, before I get to this age, I thought, I need there is a, I have to find the meaning of life, but now I know 
the meaningless itself is the most beautiful meaning of life. And I didn't get that at that time, but after I think about afterlife and this life and before life and everything, and now I really resonate with that. The imperfection and the meaningless and the like mortality of life is what make is what is making it so perfect and just eternal and beautiful now that I think. And this whole conversation we had is tying everything together. It is so inspiring to talking with you. And yes, meaningless is okay because whatever we are having a journey, the only certain thing about life is the only one fact that everyone can agree on is that we all gonna die. And that is a blessing because when you have some place, like when you have a place to return, if that's infinite void or heaven or hell, whatever, if you have some place that fixed to go back, that is why what was making this whole thing a travel, a journey, a trip. So whatever we do, it is okay because it is beautiful. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about life right now at this point. Well, yeah, it makes me it makes me think, you know, what is what is living without dying? You yes. Know, if there was no death, then what kind of life would we live? Mm-hmm. Um what's your perspective on the cosmos and space and does that interweave or interconnect with any of what you what you believe? I think we are all just threads of threads of this huge tapestry. So as I get my results that you know view of life, I get to meet this person called Anita Murjani. And she has huge impact on everything that I have just said. But I think we are all connected and there is no center. It's like a spear that we are like net. We're like a net around spear. So every single one of us is a center and is the center at the same time. So when we get to connect in those kind of cosmic conscious, like interspace level, I think that is a state of pure love. We're gonna, so my my series name, it is called superposition and it is kind of physical term, academic term as well. So we are all just connected and co-vibing like corresponding at the same time i think in a way and that view just gave me so much of wisdom and freedom to be honest because when i am meeting somebody and things are happening i think 
I am one thread of this person's life and this person is a thread of my life and it is amazing that we get to tangle for a moment, maybe for eternity, when you feel about it, and make a beautiful tapestry. And we go back to the pure consciousness, pure love state, and we look back on that tapestry. This will look gorgeous. We don't know what we are doing right now, but that will just end up gorgeous. Do you have any sort of um, like philosophy on how you go about creating the work that you create? Mm, I do not want to limit myself. I think when you, when you think about philosophy, I think that is the only thing. I want to allow myself to whatever I want, whenever I want. I have certain type of taste in art, like I love those oil painting and acrylic styled, but animating them, that is my theme. But it is about style, not about the philosophy. I think I just want to allow myself to do whatever I want. That is the only standard that I have for right now because I think art is expression and I want to listen to myself really carefully. I don't want to make myself feel that much obligated, especially when I'm doing NFTs right now because I was an illustrator before with, I do have done commission works also, you know, for a living. It was fun, but I entered this world to be myself, all, you know, to the fullest when it comes to creation. I want, I want to just make every decision based on what I envisionate in my head, not because I feel some kind of obligation to do certain kind of theme or style or something. If I want to do that, I want I will let myself do that. If I don't want to do that, I don't want myself to do that. So it is not always possible, but I think that is my philosophy when it is, comes to creation, I think. Do you... Do you associate or do you connect that with um, NFT projects, the NFT projects that you're doing? Or do you find that you're able to also do that with the physical work or the other work that you do? Oh, I think uh, so. It is not about physical or uh, digital NFT. I think it is about... The thing I love about this project that I'm doing is so one is for the steady long-term thing that I want to do that I have always wanted to do is make cinematic something and I am doing that for I'm thinking about six years and the second collection is for every little that urge to create like it is not a long term but 
every moment that I want to capture, I just want to paint. So I made that made that separate collections to just make everything come to reality that I want to create. But when I was in, I was doing commission works. I had fun. I mean, it it was really fun to just listen to clients and paint and co-create with them. But it was not fully mine, to be honest. And it is stressful sometimes because I want to do this, but I have to do that because that is not my thing. That is client's thing. So... That was fun also, and that is a that has amazing thing to learn about. But now that I get to this opportunity to do whatever I want, I just want to make it to the fullest when it comes to physical or NFT. But when it comes to NFTs, it is totally up to me. Every promoting and interviewing and branding and creating everything is up to me so i want to make it to the fullest mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it gives at least from what i i have experienced in the nft space it seems to give people a a sense of ownership mm-hmm. right there's really that you know not only from like a financial perspective but I think a lot of people are able to kind of dream bigger and say, this is wholly my project. And um, yeah, six years. Wow. That's, is that, that's for superposition? Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> Every single chapter. I, I think I'm trying to change the term from chapter to season, but wherever one chapter, one year is my plan. I see on your website. I see on your website. Okay, so there's there's chapter one. There's number one. Chapter one, number two. But then it says chapter one, number five. Can you explain um, how many pieces are for each chapter? And um, why does it skip three and four? Oh, I'm really oh. glad that you asked. Because... Um, you know, in NFT spaces and NFT posts and everything, I never get to talk about it like this detail. But on the website, I have... So I have this, my own private roadmap of each chapters. Each chapters have about 10 scenes. And I have... Sometimes I want to paint scene 5 before scene 3 and 4. So that is why there are absences. And I haven't really released the chapter one to the fullest, like, you know, on NFT platform, because I want to make sure I am satisfied with it before I release it. So even if I'm releasing one scene from chapter one, I must have created the whole scenes from chapter one maybe because I want to make sure that I'm happy with it with the easter eggs and everything so it's taking a lot of time and that is why I am giving myself a room of flexibility when it comes to creating so it is six 
six year about six year projects, and I know I'm gonna change as an artist. I I know I'm gonna grow as a person, and I'm gonna grow as an artist. So what I'm thinking right now may change in the future. That I want to create this, but in the future I want to create that. The only fixed opinion about it is that I want to create a cinematic series about relationship with five characters and six chapters. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a living, <laughs> breathing um, art piece. It's. I I've been interested in this from before you released any sort of roadmap or anything like that. So you you hinted in the space I think that you were working on releasing uh some sort of bigger um reveal, but I didn't know it was going to be a 6-year project so or however long it ends up being. I'm extremely impressed. I I'm wondering, are you like, are the pieces then going to connect in a deeper way once, once it starts to become rolled out? I'm imagining that there's going to be like a, like the story is obviously going to be connected, but like for the owners, will they receive anything or like have any sort of insight as to the story that necessarily isn't like a public piece of uh the work oh that's a good question because i love this unlockable content on OpenSea. i love that so i'm gonna throw a little backstories and easter eggs in there as well and to be honest i'm gonna make a ending credit when it comes to the film so after not even after six years the end of each year, I'm going to make a short video that gathered all scenes together. And I'm going to make an ending credit. So owner's name will be on there. And yes, if you own that piece, I'm going to secretly tell you what it is about. <laughs> Something like that. And scenario is already here. Because... There is like brief, big branch that I want to go. And little details are like coming in and out. But there are details and history. I'm sorry, I'm rambling a little. No, feel free. I'm I'm soaking it all up. I had a feeling there was going to be a, a film like a short film that you were going to create maybe you mentioned it i don't know but like that is i'm really excited for that now like that's really cool yeah that is for sure and uh it is ongoing process but i am in a movie team now it's not my movie but i am doing artworks and just checking of the scenarios and little processes. I am on that team now. So I am really excited to learn more about um, making movies. And it is like dream come true. 
and I am so sure I'm gonna make that short film after a few years. And thank you for being excited. I'm excited too. Yeah, well, I um, that's a a dream of mine is to shoot a film, whether yeah. it's a short film or a long film. I don't know, but that, um, yeah. So whenever anyone's like, oh, I'm gonna shoot a short film or a a movie it's it just kind of get it it really inspires me and um you know there's part of me that says like this is something that it's my goal in life like it's the one thing that I think is what I really really want to do that's that's remained with me for so long um you know we all have things that we want to do in life but as we get older things change and maybe you lose interest in certain things but yeah that's the one thing so i hope i hope to one day be able to do that um okay so um i have another question for you and maybe this question doesn't uh maybe you've already answered it do you have any uh, dreams of like what you want to do eventually long term down the road, maybe beyond this project. Oh, uh, it, it's more of a like inside of this this create project that I'm gonna achieve. That I am really, really dreaming about just reconnecting all my Easter eggs and be able to look back on every piece that I created and reflect on myself. And I'm really excited to see what it's gonna, what effect it's gonna have on my life and my journey as well. But when it comes to the outside world, I am really looking forward to connect with myself and connect with other people through that piece in the long term. It is kind of, I don't know if it can be called as a dream, but this is my dream. I am so excited what all the stories will bring to me and other people when it comes to life. Because it is a long project. Um, I don't know what... I'm, what I can expect from it, but yeah. Do you have any advice to anybody that's, uh, you know, wanting to kind of get into or like move on to the next level of their creative medium or their creative endeavors? Yes. Thing is, when you have an opportunity to do what you want, it's not a one-time thing. You should focus on that every day. You should refocus your attention to what you want to do and what you love every day because it is really easy to get swapped up from 
what you initially wanted to do. And yes, that can change. And you can always go for the money or go for the quick, I don't know, quick sale or quick projects. You can always do that. There's nothing wrong with it. But when you feel like you lost connection of yourself and what you want to create, just think about this. Why do I create? Why do I choose to live like this? Why do I choose this path of living life? Because every single papers that you put on to your book, that is what makes it a book because every single pages are gathered and that is a book and that book is called life. So I just want to say to be yourself to the fullest because these kind of opportunities never, never easy or that common, to be honest. So make the fool out of it. Be yourself because you are amazing. If you make a mistake or you, you take a detour, that is okay. Because at the end of the day, you're going to love what you love and you're going to be who you are. And that is why we need to be honest with ourselves and we create. So listen to yourself. You're amazing. Thank you. It's a journey. Yes. And I love that comparison to every page, you know, it may just be one page. It may just be one paragraph, but that's a, that's a part of the story, you know, Mm. and it's not going to exist without all the other paragraphs and pages. Mm. Um, Do you, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about how you overcome uh, like, you know, whether it's like depression or anxiety or just feelings of insecurity earlier do you have any like a a routine or whatever in overcoming creative obstacles Mm. yes i do it's like so there is two methods first when it's about technical issues or something just go for it. Just keep doing it without, you know, feeling confident or anything. But if you feel like you're drained, like something is missing, it's really different feelings. So first one is about not being so confident about your creation. And the second part is about not feeling passion to create. It is similar, but it is different. So if you think, I don't like my creation, it is okay. Everyone feels that. Even the most amazing artists that we look up to, they feel that too. It is called in Korean, like, (laughs) it is called the illness of I hate my painting. My paintings suck. Is the name of the illness that we call in a jokey term. <laughs> so we're like, I'm having I my painting sock term, that illness. And we're like, I hear you. So everyone has that. It is okay. Just keep creating. Because that is the way you get out of the slump or something. But mm. if it is not about that 
I my painting stuck. It is about I hate this feeling that I'm having with my creation. I just feel drained. I don't have any kind of I feel lost. When you feel that, just take a break. It is okay. Just go grab a coffee and like do the dishes and do the laundry, do things that completely you know, opposite of painting or creating music or anything. Just and if you do that, if you take a rest from it, something will gonna come to you. Don't ever feel the obligation get to you. Don't ever let the obligation get to you and take advantage of you. Because nothing is actually really obligated. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die and what we're gonna remember is not about how much money or anything, how much I expressed myself as who I am. That's what we're gonna remember. So, yeah, listen to your heart, everyone. Mm. Yeah, we have a or I don't know if it's we, I don't know if it's like an American term, but there's a saying that I say um, often, which is, if you don't know what to do, do nothing, mm. which is kind of, uh, you know, not to be taken too, too literal, because then you would, maybe <laughs> some people would never get anything done. Um, but it's really, uh, you know, when you're stuck, when you're lost, it's kind of like, take a step back don't make any decisions because they're most likely irrational and then regather yourself and then reapproach. So I like that, uh, that, uh, that approach. Um, okay. Um, film is such a big influence in your work and in your life. And you mentioned a couple films that you said are some of your favorite films, but um what would your top three films or filmmakers be that you are most influenced by or that you love the most i know it's coming okay uh oh so recently i love the film from He's um Japanese director. His name is Kore Dairokatsu. And I really love his films because it is not really dramatic in some kind of way that it turns, but it really he really does know about what emptiness means in life and how the emptiness can be the fullest in life. It's about loss. It's about hope at the same time. I once quote, it's not quote, it's what I said before that loss is a hope. I think he really can 
make a film out of it. I don't know. And I love love the dreamers because the literal term I always has been a dreamer and I felt that gap between the real life and my dream. And filling those gaps actually made me grow so much. Not everything will go like the way you planned in your head. And not everything is as easy or as difficult as you thought it would be. So you have to go out there and you have to go through everything that you have ever done. And that is when you really get to the taste of life. So talking about the taste, my next film is called Vanilla Sky. I always has been a delayer of the pleasure and the movie says like I don't know if this is correct but if you don't taste sour sweets never sweet I don't know my brain is brain is stopping right now but <laughs> sorry it's <laughs> <That's> okay <laughs> it's like oh sweet is never sweet Without sour. Something like that. And it really made me, after I watched that movie, I just ran out to the beach and I watched the sunrise with my bare feet. And it was winter. I was crazy, but I really loved it. So, director, director, Goreda Hirokazu, and a movie called Dreamers. And the vanilla sky. And, and I lo- also love the director Wangawi. I never organized my taste of movies, so. But yeah. It's hard, uh, I think, <laughs> for for anybody that loves movies. That's and that's part of the reason why I asked the question. Is, but I love that, you know, it's just another layer of kind of things that we've been talking about. You. I don't know what the saying was. You just said it. Yeah, you can't taste sweet without the sour. It's just another uh, another way of looking at. Yeah, you you can't. You know, um, without death, there is no life. You know, like there's a there's a very a very strong theme throughout this entire conversation that uh, I think we've been seeing. Um kind of repeated throughout this yeah throughout the podcast so um i love it i love that this is this is part of your life in so many different ways um and yeah a little bit of brain fog after two and a half hours so (laughs) (laughs) we're we're almost done i promise (laughs) i'm loving it um okay uh another one of those types of questions um what are your top three or uh, we don't have to do a top three um (laughs) i'm getting brain frog brain fog too (laughs) um where would you travel uh what's your top top travel destination that you have never been that you want to go oh this is easy because I am going to France. Nice. This winter. 
Oh, nice. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I never been to France and I don't know anything about the language, but certainly I just suddenly realized that every like a film or a, every book that I ever loved with all my heart was written in French. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there. Like, I'm so excited. And I also want to go India. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to go there for about since I was in a high school, but I never get the chance. I don't know why, but I really want to go there. And I want to go America, to be honest. I never been there. Where would you go in America? Oh, maybe, maybe New York. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Everybody goes to New York. I think my number one place that I want to go, though, is Japan. Oh, you've never been there? Mm-mm, no. I, I, I loved, I only stayed for like 30 hours or something, but I really loved it. I Did you, did you go to Tokyo? Oh, how did you know? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's the only place I know. <laughs> It was Tokyo. And the thing is about, because I'm South Korean, it's really, you're near my country and people and every buildings and everything was so similar, but so different. It's what a bizarre experience. And I just loved it. And I just loved food there. Oh my God. Hmm. Well, good. I'm glad you had an interesting experience there. I'll, it's it's going to stay on my number one because I, it's something that I think that I wouldn't know what to expect and I wouldn't know, I wouldn't be able to preconceive that experience. Mm. Um, okay. I think we're going to wrap it up because we're getting near three hours. <laughs> so... Um, I just want to say thank you so much. This has been so wonderful to get to speak with you and, um, you know, connect in this way, learn more about you and your process and your art. Um, and we didn't even get to talk to about a lot of things that I wanted to even include. So maybe a part two in the future. Yes. Um, yeah, that would be great. Um, but I want to wrap this one up with, kind of like some open space to for you to kind of share any last closing thoughts oh thank you um uh, first about this podcast you're such a great host because when you said it will be casual and i don't have to prepare anything i thought oh this will be like a fun and light and casual it's great but the way you hosted and the way the conversation flowed, I just really loved it. I honestly said <laughs> things that I have never said to my family or friends here. And it is amazing. I thought 
what what was in my head actually got really clear during this conversation. It's like a I took a spaceship and we took a journey to our minds and the space at the same time. Thank you so much, and I am looking forward to part two. Thank you, and look forward to my journey because I'm amazing and I'm gonna make it. Beautiful. There、yeah. we are. Yes, you are amazing, and you are gonna make it. Yes. So,、um, thank you so much, Anna Maria, and I can't wait for kind of continuing to watch your journey and seeing more pieces become released. And yes, to a part two. So that's、uh, any time open invitation. You're always welcome here. Thank you so much, truly. This was such a stimulating, inspiring conversation, and I am. Look forward to the future. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Anamari. Head over to searcherstudioart.com to connect with Anamari through her social links and to see some of her work. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe for upcoming episodes. <laughs>